0: You're listening to The Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Welcome back to another edition of The Weekly Wrap-Up here on Sprott Money News. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and with us once again is the man himself, Eric Sprott. Eric, how are you today?
1: Hey, Craig. Uh, great to be here, and uh, I know it's going to be a fun discussion for us today.
0: Boy, we got a lot to talk about, a lot to cram in in just a few minutes. Let's uh, dive right into it. As we record here on Friday morning, we just got confirmation of what we've suspected. The U.S. economy is just barely creeping along above recession levels with a fourth quarter GDP of just uh, 0.7% growth. You throw that on with the lousy durable goods numbers we saw uh, yesterday. Indicators like the Baltic Dry Index continuing to plummet to all-time lows. Eric, uh, are we all headed into yeah. a global recession?
1: Well, it kind of looks that way, Craig. I mean, we got lots of these Fed surveys there all week, generally. Uh, you know, I go back to the u s has three big problems: health care, health care, and health care and as you know, because of the the way these uh, health care insurance works, there 's a lot of spending on health care in the last quarter, right because everyone 's eating through their deductible and they all go off to the dock, and of course, that gets included in GDP. Yep. I was surprised if they said consumer spending was up 2.2% when retail sales were down 0.1%. So maybe uh, people are spending all their money on uh, health care. Of course, nobody's getting any healthier, but uh, they got to spend the money nonetheless. So all the signs in the world point to weakness and the whole you know, the the possible collapsing of the financial Ponzi somewhere along the way. So nothing's changed, from my view, in the economy. It can't be strong. There's no wage growth. And there are lots of cost increases led, of course, by healthcare.
0: In the face of this, the charade continues about the U.S. Fed raising interest rates. You know, they said they raised rates in December and all that's happened is rates have gone down. The 10-year note is now under 2%. (laughs) Uh, but now overnight, we've gotten a, a really big salvo. I mean, the big guns came out from the Bank of Japan in the currency wars with them now establishing negative interest rates, uh, formalizing negative interest rates. We're already seeing that across Europe. Is this now the uh, the trend? Is that ultimately going to be coming to the U.S. and Canada?
1: Well, Craig, as you know, they're out of bullets, right? And there's nothing else they can do. There's hardly any chance for fiscal stimulus anywhere because no governments have any money. They've got debts, uh, gargantuan portions proportions relative to their GDP. And, of course, there's always unintended consequences of that. I mean, what, how do the, the Chinese react now that the yen is weak? And, of course, conversely, the, the Chinese yuan is strong, which is exactly what the Chinese don't want. The chatter about a major devaluation of the Chinese currency is certainly floating around, and the logic of that seems quite apparent. As It would appear that China economically is kind of imploding here. It's just, you look at exports and imports and energy consumption in China, and there's just no way that there could possibly be any growth there. We see announcements of, you know, 500,000 uh, steel workers going to be laid off we know that the, uh, the capacity of cement consumption steel consumption all these things are way beyond anything that the world needs so you're going to have um, we we are in i'm sure a recession in china not that we will admit it because it's just the way they they do things but this is yeah. the, the japanese going to negative interest rates is puts tremendous pressure on other countries the the other thing i think that's interesting about negative interest rates what do people in japan think now about their own currency you know, you leave it in the bank, you get all the risk of the bank, you theoretically have to pay to have the money in the bank. Why wouldn't you put it in some other form of money, i.e. gold or silver, which, interestingly, have had a good run this year, uh, and they were priced in U.S. dollars, so you got a double whammy there, and there's so many countries where that's the case, that uh, whether, it, you know, devaluation of the currency is just killing you, whether you're Brazilian or Argentinian or you know, somebody in, in Eastern Europe or Russia or Canada. So these things, I, I think, all lead to people uh, realizing that they should own precious metals.
0: Eric, you touch on a great point. Uh, if, if, they're, if you have to pay your bank to hold your fiat cash, isn't that always one of the arguments against holding gold is it doesn't pay a dividend? Well, at least you don't have to, you know, outside of some storage, you don't have to pay to own it.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're not going to see it in the ma- mainstream media, but you're making a very good point that you know if you have the choice of owning gold which can appreciate uh, or depreciate but i think the the evidence suggests it should appreciate here uh and it's in place in u.s dollars so i mean 95 percent of the world's population would be better off owning gold than than owning fiat currency and and we're starting to see that in some of the numbers in gold these days so things are looking up there
0: well that we are the world's uh, appetite for gold seems to be insatiable, especially from the East and from these countries whose currencies are rapidly declining. Uh, we've seen some uh, some very interesting numbers so far for gold uh, appetite around the world. you want to touch on that? Yeah, sure. Well, some of the data that we've
1: got for December is just astounding. Uh, the Indians imported 105 tons. Hong Kong delivered 113 tons into China. Uh... The Swiss delivered 59 tons into China. This is all just in one month. Russia bought 20 tons. The, the, the uh, ETFs have added 50 tons in uh, so far this month. We have 350, uh, that, from one of these six sources, I got 357 tons of demand in the month of December. And excluding China, we mine 210 tons a month. And of course, China doesn't ship any of their gold out of the country. So where's this gold coming from? I mean, it's got to be coming from... Uh, central bank leasing and of course we're seeing manifestations of shortages here are uh, or, or almost defaults if you will and I know you've written about the um, the fact that COMEX has uh, I think two tons of registered gold two tons of registered gold and claims against it of uh, 1080 tons and we get first notice day here today we have I think it's about uh, what is it, 27,000 contracts outstanding, which would be uh, 2.7 million ounces versus the roughly 80-odd thousand ounces it's, that's remaining to be do- available for delivery in the COMEX. So, I mean, we, we might be right there in terms of something manifesting itself in the physical market that tells everybody that all the numbers we've been looking at for the last 15 years, in my mind, have been totally... Uh, falsified, that the demand for gold is way beyond the supply of gold.
0: You touched on it, Eric. It's a game of musical chairs, and the the music, if not stopping, is at least, you know, I think of an old turntable, you know, it's just starting to slow down. You're, if you ever played musical chairs as a kid, you usually could sense when that time was coming and everybody began moving toward the chair. Uh, you talk about yes, the the changes on the COMEX are significant. You know, we had almost six million ounces of registered gold on the COMEX ten years ago. We had a million ounces one year ago, and with t- this week's declines, we're down to eighty eight thousand ounces. You combine that with the the oddity of the London silver fix yesterday, and the and the just the bombing rate of of, of silver futures that coincided with it. I mean, is this a sign of desperation? I mean, what do you make of all this, Eric?
1: I mean, it's so bizarre. And obviously, uh, option expiry in, uh, on the LBMA is today. And uh, I don't know what the exact formula is for pricing on, on whichever day they pick, but the fact that the fix was something like 70 or 80 cents below, 6% below the spot price at the time. Can only suggest desperation on the part of those six participants that they had contracts written that they were going to lose money on, so they just falsified the number. I think they said it was the fix was thirteen dollars and fifty-eight cents, and silver was trading at whatever it was fourteen thirty. I mean, it was just—it's egregious yeah. that 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 would be allowed to happen. And uh, there's going to be some something come out of that. You know, there was a lawsuit once when it was proved, I think it was a Deutsche Bank uh, trader forced to place a gold down so one of the optionees would lose all his money. Well, I'm sure, I mean, there's going to be people lose a lot of money from this fix that came in yesterday, and they're not going to take to it very kindly. I think there will ultimately be some lawsuits, but it just shows the desperation of the bankers to try to fleece their customers, which they do in everything. And I've been paid massive fines for doing that. But I think that's exactly what's going on in our metal markets. And perhaps today, after we had the London afternoon fix, which I think happens around 10 or ten thirty our time, that maybe they'll take the lid off it here. You know, fine. they finally got the damn price of gold down so they can, you know, and screw up all the option holders. And now that they've you know, cleared the table, they can let it run again. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens as uh, the day progresses here.
0: It is astonishing, Eric, to have... They only fix the silver price in London once a day, and that price is used globally for all wholesale right. activities. Have you ever, in all your years watching the markets, seen anything like yesterday?
1: No. It's absolutely blatantly fraudulent. There's just no doubt about that. And the Comex never got anywhere near that. Even after the fix. Probably went down about twenty cents but immediately recovered it. So I mean it's just it's almost inexplicable what they think they can get away with yeah. without any without any repercussions here. I mean there's gonna be repercussions from this. Just as for example there gonna be repercussions from zero interest rates in all these countries. It's all gonna happen here. It's, people are gonna realize that currencies are a joke and markets are a joke and that's probably the bigger thing. But markets generally in the world are a joke. And and therefore, the value of paper assets is massively overstated here. You don't want to have your money in a bank. You want to have it in hard assets in your possession.
0: Well, my friend, you and I have been banging that drum, sometimes having it fall on deaf ears the last couple of years. But oh, lo and behold, 2016 is shaping up to perhaps be a little different. Uh, We're at the end of the month. As we speak, gold is up. Over 5% for the month. I'd take that every month this year. I suppose you would, too. Silver is playing along, but surprisingly not as much as gold. It's up a little over 3%, but the S&P 500 is down more than 7%. Uh, Is this the beginning of the trend, do you think? Where do you think we go from here?
1: I think so. I think that stocks are going to be very weak this year. I think that precious metals will be the 100% beneficiary of that. And it's all played out according to plan. And when you look at the physical data for gold, because we get more data for gold than we get for silver, I mean, it just, it's leaking that the price of gold is massively undervalued, which you and I have both believed for a long time. And the, and, and of course, if they lose control of it, then of course the price of gold can really ramp up here. And it could be a very exciting year for precious metals investors.
0: That's that music stopping we talk about, right? If uh, they suddenly lose control... Yeah. Uh, as, you, as you mentioned, when there are some something like 400 paper ounces for every one ounce of actual registered uh, physical gold on the COMEX. If that music stops and everybody goes for the chair at the same time. <laughs> it's,
1: it's a bit of a joke. I mean, even the LBMA, I can't understand how you could trade, what, twice the yearly supply of gold every day of the LBMA. I mean, who who is doing that? it just makes absolutely and when there's zero-sum deliveries i mean it's it's totally incredulous and uh, it's going to blow sooner or later it'll
0: blow sooner or later in the meantime we just continue to prepare for the inevitable eric thank you very much again for your time this week gosh it makes me wonder what it's going to look like by uh, next week when we sit down and visit again but i wish you a good weekend and and uh, hopefully this trend will continue in our direction
1: Well, I said a few weeks ago, it's fun to talk uh, with you when things are going good. It's been a very, very tough uh, four or five years here. But I think everything that we've all imagined and can analyze is coming together. So I look forward to uh, a conversation again next week.
0: Thank you, Eric. And uh, uh, from everyone here at Sprott Money News, have a great weekend.